Welcome to the show, my fierce and unstoppable sisters. You have just arrived at a place where we believe in the transformative power of healing the mind, body, and soul. If you're here, I know you're ready to overcome the trauma, fear, and self-doubt that has been holding you back. Because that was me not that long ago, feeling so alone and like I could never fully heal and move forward. But let me tell you this, it is possible to break free, to heal, and to thrive. But I'm also going to be real with you, it's not going to be easy. Healing is hard work and it takes courage to face the past. But you didn't come here for easy, did you? You came here for transformation. And through my own healing, I learned the key to unlocking our truest selves is by learning to love ourselves deeply and stepping into our power and intuition. So if you're ready to do the work, if you're ready to dig deep and explore the power of emotional healing, spiritual growth, and physical gains, come join me on this transformative journey that can free you in ways you never thought possible. Hey everybody, welcome back to the She Wakes Up podcast. I have a special guest with us today. Caitlin Holsample is a survivor of sexual trauma and her personal experience has helped her understand the depth of trauma and how it can feel as if it's taken all that's most precious to you. And so she is going to walk us through her journey and her own healing with PTSD and how she was able to channel that into something beautiful in what she practices today, which is somatic yoga therapy. And I just can't wait to dig in because I have just recently learned about somatic work and had some breath work training and stuff like that. And I've just fallen in love with the healing process that happens naturally through somatic healing. So Caitlin, welcome and just tell everybody a little bit more about yourself and what led you to this journey. Thanks, Stacey. Yeah, it's really great to be here on this podcast and I'm excited to chat more around around my journey and it's been definitely a lifelong one. Um, Yeah, starting from growing up as a very highly sensitive child and experiencing just a depth of emotions. I think that many of us have as children, especially especially as female children, but just children in, in general that like heightened sensitivity and So I definitely experienced that growing up and had an experience of sexual abuse in my childhood that I didn't actually have memory of until later on in life. Um, But just some formative early childhood experiences that left my nervous system in a pretty knotted up place. And fortunately, I found my way to yoga and the alternative healing arts at a really young age. I started meditating when I was in elementary school from the encouragement of my dad and started yoga when I was I think, 14 or 13 and started teaching yoga when I was 19. And so I had quite an early, early exposure to these alternative forms of healing that have, it's been very, very helpful for me in, in light of other experiences that I've had. And I've just found so much deep healing and reclamation and um, especially weaving in the somatic piece. It's just been, it's been very transformative for me. Yeah, it sounds like it. And as somebody that practices yoga, not as regularly as I would like to, 
Um, but just the little bit that I have practiced, I can definitely relate to, you know, being able to connect uh, to yourself in a different way that isn't really taught in Western society. And so lucky for you, you found it at such a young age, because what a beautiful therapy. Um, not only is it like healing for your mind, but your body as well. And I just think that's awesome. And my daughter, I don't know if you've listened to any of the episodes or not, but she, she's a very highly sensitive girl too. And she's 16. And so trying to get her to find ways to, you know, in a healthy way, release those emotions and go through that. And so I'm just super curious to what you have to say today on today's episode and and wanting to maybe introduce that as a modality for her and her healing. So I, I absolutely love that you were able to connect with that so early. So can you tell us like more of that transformation and how this really did um, initiate that healing process and kind of walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, I find that piece around heightened sensitivity or some people relate to the word empath, highly sensitive person, um, those sort of qualities of really being able to feel the emotions and experiences of others around you, of the world, of um, subtle energies as well outside of what's in physical form. And I find that, you know, this real gift that many of us are are born into and have also has a deep correlation to uh, trauma in the nervous system. And I think of, you know, for example, women have really for generations and generations kind of had to become more programmed to be more highly sensitive to the energies of people around them, because that's, that's part of the survival mechanisms that would keep us protected and safe and alive. And so something similar can happen in in highly sensitive nervous systems where it's like on one on one hand it is such it's such a deep gift and it's such a it's so correlated with the archetype of the healer or the medicine woman or the seer or the shaman. Mm-hmm. And at the same time there can be a deep trauma imprint connected with that, whether that's from this lifetime or it's intergenerational or uh from a different lifetime it's oftentimes can be really connected to patterning around struggles with boundaries and being able to really hold hold our own energy and so as one deep piece of the somatic work and and trauma healing oftentimes has to do with boundary repair because one definition of trauma is a boundary rupture anything that feels invasive. And so in that way, even being a highly sensitive person can sometimes feel a bit traumatizing or can feel super overwhelming for the system, like all of the, this information, the sensory input or emotional input from other people can feel flooding or overwhelming and overstimulating. And so, sure, yeah, that can um, be a piece that we bring in and work with the nervous system too, is how do we establish more boundaries? And in that work, which is really powerful, we can begin to feel and sense into that sensitivity as an actual superpower rather than something that feels overwhelming or like too much, which I see a lot in the women that I work with who are empaths. It can feel like very overwhelming how sensitive how sensitive they are to the world and to other people. And um, part of that, the healing journey there is 
highlighting or bringing more possibility to work with boundaries and work with connection to one's own self and strengthening one's own energy so that it feels less overwhelming. Like you can still feel and sense and be informed with that, the power of sensitivity, but it's less taking over your entire system and you don't, you don't lose yourself as much. I love that. And it's using it to be more of a gift than a burden. You know, it's in, mm-hmm. in a spiritual sense, I can think of it as a, as somebody that is, you know, like a medium that is just bombarded with all of these thoughts or visions or sounds or anything like that, but learning to channel that in a way that can be a gift um, and a healing and something that obviously if that's a part of who you are and you're a very empathetic person and highly emotional that finding ways to enhance that in a more helpful way than, you know, just letting it consume you and becoming toxic. Um, can you tell us a little bit, because I'm curious to know too, is what is the difference between trauma-informed yoga versus, you know, what probably most people think of when they think of conventional, traditional yoga? And how yeah, does that tie into helping, how does that tie into helping um, people get in tune and turning that into a superpower versus, you know, something that's hindering them? Yeah, I love that. So trauma-informed yoga is really going to be more in relationship with the nervous system and healing the nervous system. It's a very consent-based and empowered approach to yoga. And so it's it's quite different than going to a typical class at the yoga studio where um, you might be in really encouraged to push yourself a lot or to go harder, depending on the studio that you go out, go to like that more fitness oriented yoga that can be, um, it has so many benefits to it and so powerful and sometimes can accentuate the trauma response patterns in the body in a way that might not always feel super useful for nervous system healing. And so in in the trauma-informed yoga community, there are really practices and classes and instructors that are working in relationship with the nervous system at a much lower, softer pace, uh, really inviting the increase of bandwidth and building of resources in your system and not pushing oneself to go harder and harder and harder, which actually really can be the residue of a trauma response of hypervigilance in the nervous system, but really learning how to slow down and feel safe enough to feel and build more bandwidth through reconnecting to the body, which a huge, a huge symptom of trauma is that quality of disconnecting of leaving the body. And so there's a reason for that. And oftentimes it feels really, really scary for a lot of people to start to reconnect. There can be a lot of feelings or physical pain or overwhelming emotions. And so it's reconnecting in a way that feels titrated or slow enough and, and safe enough. And depending on, you know, the, the style of trauma informed yoga or the teacher, the community, there's generally also a good amount of practices that are going to be helpful for toning the vagus nerve and that are going to be kind of like touchstone poses that you can come back to if, if, and when you start to enter 
a space that feels a little bit overwhelming or brings up emotion. For example, one common posture that we see time and time again, a lot of people have huge emotional release in is pigeon pose. And that can be so beautiful to have that deep emotional release. And sometimes if the nervous system has been in a extreme state of trauma, it can feel a bit like too much, too fast, too soon. And so these ways of really slowing, slowly working with the territory of, of releasing trauma through the body, really mostly through, I would say, resourcing you in, in places that feel comfortable and pleasurable in the body through slow movement, through ways of breathing that are going to help to downregulate your system and increase more bandwidth in your system. So those are some some pieces that you might see in a trauma-informed class compared to a general yoga class, which just isn't going to have the same lens or filter on it around the nervous system, around working with trauma, around consent, around going slow. Um, that doesn't mean it's not powerful and it's not helpful for individuals who have survived a traumatic experience. It's just, it's a little, it's different and it it doesn't go as deep in that territory. Yeah, that makes complete sense. It's just a little bit more specific and guided to, you know, somebody that has gone through that. And I think you touched on such an important thing is that, you know, people who either want to help somebody heal or somebody that's trying to heal wants to oftentimes go all in because they're just so tired and overwhelmed of feeling the way that they feel. And so they're, they're eager to get in. But when, you know, you said you titrate it because if you get into it too fast and you have all those emotions just flooding in and all those sensations, it can almost have an inverse effect. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. And sometimes it it can feel like a really great deep release in the moment, but then can create a bit of like, but part of what happens in the nervous system with trauma is we can get addicted to intensity, especially if you've been in a state of numbness for a really long time. It's like the more intense the experience, the better. And that's definitely not always true. I love one of the um, tantric yoga teachings that says the more subtle, the more powerful. And that feels really true in the realm of somatics and in the realm of trauma-informed work is we're really learning how to slow down enough to be with subtle change and subtle change is sustainable change. Whereas if you have a big cathartic release, it might feel so good in the moment and then cause a bit of like a backfiring in in your system where it's like, well, that was a bit too much. And now I'm going to kind of swing on the pendulum to the complete opposite way. And so, you know, those cathartic releases can be so powerful and beneficial, but you really do need nervous system bandwidth in place first or else it's just going to bring you right outside of your window of tolerance and into more of a a state of overwhelm. Yeah. So definitely finding somebody that specializes in that, it sounds like would be the best because they know how to kind of guide you through that so that you don't have that effect. And you had Mm -hmm. said that there are like pigeon pose is has been really good for releasing. Are there specific poses or exercises that um, you could recommend for certain types of trauma, like somebody has experienced different things. Are there certain modalities that you would use and recommend for them? Yeah, well, one example would be, I know each area of the body really has its own kind of imprint in terms of what is really being held there. So 
for example, if someone is struggling a lot with repressed anger and has high anxiety and yeah, more like anxious, anxious sort of presentation of the trauma experience, because from my, my perspective too, what's helpful to know is like, I see these sort of symptoms of anxiety, of depression, of mood swings as really, you know, they all kind of go back to some sort of core wound, which we, we could call trauma, we could call it a core wound, we can call it a hard life experience, you know, whatever you want to label that as. Oftentimes, there's a deep connection between that and like everyday symptoms of anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, etc. Um, so, for example, someone who's more hyper aroused has anxiety, racing thoughts, maybe is like kind of addicted to work. Um, Usually there's, again, some amount of suppressed anger that's related to that presentation. But that's oftentimes really connected with a tense jaw, neck, shoulders, head, headaches, like kind of the upper body region. So it can be really helpful to kind of work in two different ways. One is really slow somatic movements that help to bring some more ease in that region of the body. And then the other is to actually bring uh, movements and energy down in the opposite direction. So if there's a lot of tension up in the head, sometimes we can kind of hyper fixate on that and just want to, you know, massage your head or roll out the neck or roll the shoulders again and again and again. But what's actually needed is to get down into our feet. And that's what actually shifts the energy of the body, the tension patterns in the body. And so something like heel drops, which is just standing and lifting and lowering your heels kind of repeatedly at a rhythmic pace. That can be really helpful for sinking the energy back down into the legs and into the feet. Um, so that's, that's one way that it can show up. And there are different, different pieces depending on, the symptoms that are present, the life experience that each individual has had. And I'm speaking generally to everybody is unique, but it's pretty wild how, how much the body can just speak for what life experiences have had. I know I haven't seen a single client who's had jaw issues, who hasn't had some sort of like relationship with suppressing anger. Yeah. Wow. That's so awesome. And I, I love that. I nerd out on like the mind body connection. Um, I went to school to be a nurse. And so I just, I've always been fascinated with how that works. And when you had said that the, it's actually not in the area that you're showing those symptoms that you need to be doing the work in the release is actually in your feet and your legs. You know, that's what I, I do. What I find myself when I'm tense, I, I want to massage those areas that feel tense but to actually get to know your body in a way that it's connected to that release, I think is super important. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Another question that I had, I, I wanted to know is like, do you do, or do you recommend other somatic or therapeutic modalities while you're doing the yoga, for example, traditional talk therapy, or, you know, something like breath work along with this, mm-hmm. or is this something that you would recommend just doing by itself? Oh, I am always a big fan of really resourcing my clients through multiple outlets and means. So, so yeah, I mean, like talk therapy can be great. Um, I think there are other forms of therapy. I know there are other forms of therapy that have proven to be more helpful in terms of healing trauma. 
but I know many people really benefit from talk therapy too. So um, that can be great. Other forms of somatic therapies and body work is always something that I really highly recommend that people connect with and um, utilize as a resource. Breath work is super powerful. We use that in um, yoga a lot. So it's a big piece of, of yoga practice and alternative forms of breath work can be can be very helpful too. I know a, a lot around breath work for shifting brain states and getting you more into your primal brain, which can open you up to deeper healing than that than is possible in just your everyday waking state. So yeah, I highly recommend the like weaving and the use of many different resources. And that's really where this body of work somatic yoga therapy came from. It's a, a weaving of multiple multiple healing pathways. We have the realm of somatics, which is related to movement modalities, but also psychotherapy. We have the realm of yoga, which is such an ancient, powerful healing art form. We we're utilizing breath work and energy medicine and um, healing touch. And so, yeah, there, I, I think every single person has different needs in terms of what really works for them and their healing. And so I always encourage people to really explore and find their perfect kind of cocktail of support. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Um, is this something, because it's so specific to the individual, is this something that is held in a group setting or is it typically one-on-one? It depends. So you can go to like a group trauma-informed yoga class, and that would be more of a, a group experience. I'm always really a fan of one-on-one work because it can be so much more customized and individualized for the person. But in my one-on-one work, it's not really like a private yoga class. It's really a somatic deep dive into uh, what A is resourceful in the body. So where can we find a sense of safety and of ease in the body? And then B, what are you holding on to that's ready to to be released in this moment. And again, we go slowly and and work in a titrated way. So it's not like overwhelming or flooding the system, but what's ready in this moment to kind of be touched into, to be moved, to be shifted, and then see what is ready to be brought back in and reclaimed or um, what parts of yourself have been pushed away because of you being in high stress or high trauma for so long. And now that there's more space in your system, can bring that back into the, into the body. So kind of the flow of the one-on-one work that I do. And sometimes, sometimes there's breath work and yoga postures and movement. Sometimes we're just in more of like a seated internal meditation the whole time, but it's always really revolved around the individual person and what, what's needed for them in that moment. And we really listen to their body. So it's not like, the client has to know what to do or what they want to, what they need to do. The body really shows us. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. And I like that while it's in general, you know, overall they come to you for something that they're wanting help with or releasing and healing, but each session is so individualized because as anybody knows that we're going through anything and healing, it's not linear. And so you can have really good days walking in and working with you. And then you can really be, you know, having one of the worst days ever. And so 
that specific day could look completely different throughout the entire time with you. Um, and I think that's just important in recognizing that how the healing process works for everybody. And do you mind just kind of telling us a little bit about how this was so transformative for you and helping you heal through your sexual trauma and PTSD? Yeah. So for me, because my experience happened early on in childhood, I dissociated or I just packed the memories away for a later time and place. And then in my adult years, I had another experience of uh, sexual assault and started to really work through that experience in my body. And that's really when these early childhood memories are emerging as well. Um, but really, uh, especially after like the adult experience I had, I, I was just feeling horrible. I was having flashbacks, really awful mood swings, really intense highs and lows, um, panic attacks and, so it was really through, especially um, a practice we call in the somatic healing world orientation, which is allowing your nervous system to resync up with your present moment environment with a sense of ease and safety and okayness. Because after trauma, um, parts of you are still reliving that experience in the past and it can feel like all of you is. And that's kind of where these flashbacks and these triggers can come in. So healing really has a lot to do with bringing your system back into the present moment with a sense of where you are in the here and now. Um, so that process was really, really helpful for me to increase more bandwidth. And as my bandwidth increased, I was able to really release some of the deep shame, emotions, disgust, rage, um, stuck survival patterning and, allow that to come to a sense of completion in my system. And this took time. It wasn't just like one day. This is years of work. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's been super helpful to like the point where these, these experiences I've had in the past, they still touch me. Like I'm still impacted. I still feel sad, but I'm not like reliving it. I don't have PTSD in, in that way at this point. So there's, there's more integration that's occurred. Wow. I think that's super important to touch on too, that it's, even though you're continuously practicing this and even though you help other people heal, and I highlight this on my podcast all the time is that we're always healing, you know, those, those core wounds, they, in a sense, go away, but also they're, they're a part of our story and a part of who we become. And so we're always evolving our healing through that. And um, it's an important thing when somebody walks into any sort of modality when it comes to healing is that it takes time and it takes practice. And this is just one way um, that somebody can explore that that process. And if they if they enjoy it and they love it, then it's something that they can continue on with and just start to see the transformation unfolds, you know, after time. So if somebody's hesitant, if they're, you know, they've explored other ideas or they're just starting to kind of scratch the surface with healing, what could you offer them to feel a little bit more secure and feeling as if maybe somatic yoga would be a good fit for them? Yeah, I think the hesitancy or the caution is a good sign that you care, you care for yourself and, um, 
and in your safety. It's like, I feel like anytime you're on the threshold of a big experience, it's really normal to have some of that hesitancy or caution or, or doubt. And I would say just to, to welcome that, let that be there and take the brave step anyway. Like that, that I love that definition of courage. It's not the absence of fear. It's allowing yourself to be with the fear and, and stepping forward into whatever it is that you need to do regardless of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very well said. And are, I know that you're based in Colorado. Um, Do you work with clients like through zoom or virtual, or do you just offer in person? I do. I work virtually. I work in in person. I run women's groups and we do retreats. I have a year long somatic yoga therapy training. So there are, many ways to get involved. Lots of different ways to work with you. I love that. Um, is there any other like resources or references that you would recommend to all the listeners that are wanting to learn a little bit more about you or about this modality in general or just somatics? Definitely. I would recommend um, that you head over to our website, which is hertemplehealing.com and sign up for our Vegas Nerve Free Series. This is six or seven different practices um, from the yoga tradition that are super helpful for toning your vagus nerve. That's your chief parasympathetic nerve that really does a whole lot of work for just like we were, we've been talking about increasing your nervous system capacity and bandwidth. So that's really a great place to start. I will put all of that in the show notes too. So anybody that wants that, the link will be right there. Um, and do you have social? Can people follow you and connect with you there too? Yeah, at her.temple.healing. Amazing. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to share with our listeners and, and highlighting what you do or who you are or any words of encouragement that you'd like to share? Yeah, I'm really grateful to been able to have this time to connect and yeah, I think one of the greatest pieces that informs my work is to really be gentle with yourself and tender and slow. I think in the in trauma states or stress states, the brain can really fixate on what's wrong. It's called the negativity bias, and this can really spiral us into self-criticism, negative self-talk, feeling like we're not doing enough, we're not enough. Um, it's also really connected with the frozen nervous system state. And so I would just encourage a lot of compassion, kindness, sweetness with yourself, slowness too, and, and connection to spaces in the body that already feel resourced, good, okay. Even if that's just like your earlobe, even if it's just the smallest place in the body, that's a great place to begin is connecting with places that feel good inside of you. Mm, finding safety within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, all of us, I believe could relate to that, those self limiting beliefs and the things that we just feel so negatively about ourselves. And I, I love that advice because we really do in how we've been conditioned. We don't connect with ourselves. We, we lose touch with ourselves. And I just, I like um, more holistic modalities like this because it really it turns you back into that that feminine spirit that you were meant to be 
And, you know, within all of those, those trauma wounds and things like that, a lot of it is from how we've been conditioned. And I think this is just one way and it's a beautiful way. And like I said, I look forward to learning more about it myself and, you know, hopefully this helps somebody out there and that you find connection through this work. I think it's beautiful work. And I appreciate you coming on to share with us all about this. Thanks, Stacey. All right. Thank you so much to Caitlin for coming on the show and just giving us her professional insight on what it is she does. It's a beautiful modality. And I think so many people could benefit from using that. I know we're all always looking for new things to try and especially in this healing space. So if you want to connect with her, all of her information is in the show notes. And I also want to remind you that if you're looking to change direction or you're just looking for direction, period, and you really want to figure out your purpose and you're feeling like it's time for a shift, you want to get super clear on how it is that you align with what it is that you do. And you just want to figure that out for yourself so that you can live this life that feels fulfilled, that you know the direction that you're going is intentional and the things that you're doing align with your values, your beliefs, and it just kind of sets you up for a future life that you feel wholesome and you enjoy and you have fun and you can make profit doing. So the four-day workshop is still open for registration and I'll put the link in the show notes for you to hop in. We start on July 10th, which is a Monday, but everything gets stripped to you over the four days. And then at the end of the four days, we have a live hour call where we just hop on and talk about how the week went. And if any questions came up, we answer those in real time for you. You'll also get a full content resource book that will help you walk through every single day. It's absolutely free and it's just a phenomenal way for you to get in touch with yourself and try to figure out the deeper meaning of your life's purpose. Everything inside is designed with intention because it's based off of my own experience and my own self-discovery with figuring out passion and purpose when it comes to creating a business and stepping out of my career that I went to school for and all the things that I thought were going to be traditional for me completely flipped upside down and now I feel as if I'm on the right path to who it is that I'm supposed to be and what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Again, it is completely free, but spaces are limited. So if you want a spot in there, go ahead and grab it now. I will see you on the inside and I will most definitely see you back here for another episode. 